body and mind formed, stitched together long before seeing the light of day, surrounded by brokenness we strive to withstand, living, breathing, fighting, resisting, we were made to heal. Our bodies break and they mend. Our minds fight against fear and doubt. And when our brokenness falls beyond repair, we can have hope in our Creator that we will be restored. For we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made well. Well, as we conclude this series, I am so glad for so many things that have happened in this series. I am uh, excited for the greater faith and the greater expectancy that's in our church. Uh, I felt that greater would be a theme for our church for the year, and I feel like this is a, a greater faith, greater healing, greater miracles, and uh, I absolutely love that. I, I've received many of the healing reports where people were saying, I was in church during the worship song, God healed me. Uh, we were walking to the car, uh, something happened. Uh, we prayed in the car, and immediately I was healed. Uh, another family wrote in, sent an email, and they said, uh, our daughter was healed. And a couple days later, we were like, is this like healing for a moment, or is this healing going to stay? And they're like, and the healing is staying. And uh, even in their own battle, they're like, did God really do that? Did this take place? And, and so I thank God for all the different things that are coming in. And uh, if you have more, please send those into the church. We want to have those. But there's so many different things. And then, of course, uh, last week with the healing of the mind, uh, Pastor Darren did an amazing job with that. Of course, Pastor Terry's testimony. All these sermons are online. If you missed them, please get caught up to speed. Don't miss this. I think this is something you're going to have to look at, look at again, look at again, and grab it. And you'll understand that as we continue to, to preach this. Um, I've been blessed by the prayer response at the end of the service. Uh, if you've ever wondered if you should be part of a prayer team, uh, if you are a believer that uh, can pray with somebody and you feel that God has gifted you in that way, please go to next class, uh, find out what your spiritual gifts are, get in on that prayer team and pray. We've had lines down the aisles, I mean just lines down the aisle. And uh, I thank God for all that, that people are being prayed for and they're coming with faith and just an expectant belief of God's going to do something. And so uh, we're going to continue with this. And I wrapping up today, this is the extension sermon, part four of a three-part series. And uh, we're dealing with the supernatural. I just want to get you caught up to speed. We're dealing with the supernatural. We don't have it all figured out. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that I don't have everything figured out about God, that I keep having more of Him explained to me. I discover more about Him. I discover more about His Word. I discover more about healing. I discover more about faith. I discover more about prayer. So I'm okay that we don't have it all figured out. I want to make sure you understand, too, this sermon is just one piece of the puzzle. There's a giant puzzle with healing. This is another piece to help us to understand it more. This isn't the end-all, be-all sermon. And I want to be sure to remind you, we are leaning into healing. Right. 
This church is leaning in. We're not pulling away. We're leaning in. We put that to the side too, too long, and we are leaning into healing. Now, I want to pick it up uh, again on something that I've reminded you about. Jesus paid for your healing. You got to understand this. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the Bible says that our sins were nailed to that cross, uh, and also all the effects of the curse of the fall of man were paid for by Jesus Christ. He paid for them right there. That means sickness and disease and all that uh, was paid for by Jesus. That's very important. He paid for it on the cross, and the Bible tells us that our healing is waiting for us in heaven. Now, I'll read these two scriptures. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely, it's speaking of Jesus, he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Okay, so it was put on Jesus, and I want to let you know that the word uh, for he took up our pain is the word sickness. You could translate it, he took our sickness and he bore our suffering. You could even, uh, that word could be interpreted disease, okay? He took our pain, our suffering, he took our disease and he took it on the cross. He paid for it there and it's waiting for us in heaven. Revelation 21, 4, almost the end of the Bible, all right? He says, Jesus will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And the Bible also tells us in the New Testament that we're going to have a glorified body. Some of us are really looking forward to that day, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I was wondering the other day, I was like, I wonder if I'll even have like any surgical remain. I don't think I'm going to have any scars. My scars are meaningless. Uh, Jesus keeps his scars in heaven because they mean something. My scars are meaningless reminders that I'm human. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be scar free. And uh, so it's waiting for me in heaven. It's paid for on the cross. And I've got to realize, I want you to realize this. We should expect healing. We should be believing for healing and asking for healing. And I want to clarify something that I talked about in an earlier week. I talked about miracles and healing, and I want to let you know that there's a difference between miracles and healing. Although healing is miraculous and supernatural, there are things that are not healing that are miracles, okay? Um, for instance, if you study um, a great, great man of God years ago, George Mueller ran an orphanage. And he used to pray for the miraculous. He used to pray. They'd be sitting there at dinner table with all these orphans, no food. And he'd say, God, please provide a miracle. And if you read his, uh, uh, the story about George Mueller, I would just encourage you to do that if you're looking for a good read. And uh, the, knock on the door. And this guy would, hey, uh, we had all these groceries. And my wife, we got way too much. And we didn't know what to do. And they were going to rot. So we decided, where could we bring them? And we felt like God prompting us to bring them here. And the kids were sitting there waiting for the meal. And all of a sudden, the food shows up. And he's like, see, God, God has provided for it. That's a miracle. How many know when somebody just knocks on a door and says, do you need our extra groceries? That's a miracle. OK? Now, that's, that's different. That's different than healing. Miracles are unexpected. Miracles are part of God's love, but miracles weren't put on the cross for you, okay? Miracles weren't put on the cross, but your sickness and your disease was put on the cross. And so you can expect something 
that has been paid for. Miracles surprise us. We pray for miracles, but our, our, our healing that we're believing for is paid for and waiting in heaven, and we should have a, a, a more aggressive posture towards going after our healing. Does that make sense? I thank God for the miraculous. I remember we were in... Um, Thailand, working with refugees, and we were going to show um, them the Jesus video. I mean, we went through the river, and it was a global team, and uh, I had Becca going back through the river all the way up to her waist. We were carrying stuff, and, and we were back working with these refugees from Myanmar, and uh, no electricity, so we had the generator, and we're going to show the Jesus video, and nothing was working, and we couldn't get it to work. It's pitch black. And all of a sudden, this electrician came walking out of the jungle. And everybody's like, do you know who that guy is? We're like, I don't have a clue who that is. And the guy came and fixed the generator, fixed everything that's going on, plugged it in. It all worked and then walked away. And he had all these tools. And everybody's like, was that an angel? Was that like a miracle? Nope, nobody had a clue. Nobody in the refugee camp had a clue who the guy was, where he got all those tools. And I'm kind of living in the mystery of like, that could have been a miracle. All right, those are amazing. We love those but they're unexpected and we thank God for them, but healings are waiting for us and let's take an aggressive posture towards healing. So how does your healing move from heaven to now? That's the big thing we've been talking about. How does it happen? We've been praying, we've been asking God for this. Some people are, are having miracles. And in week two, we talked about, uh, I, I dropped a big word called appropriate. You have to learn to appropriate your healing. What does that mean, all right? To appropriate means to claim something as your own. It means to grab what is held by someone else as your own. You're saying, it's mine. I receive this. I get it. I claim it. I will grab it. I appropriate it. Now, don't get afraid of that. You understand that it's yours and you live accordingly. You believe this. We are singing the song uh, that our worship team wrote, I am healed. I know I am. In Jesus' name, I am healed. God says I am. I believe it. It's an appropriation song. You are saying what God is holding for me, I am believing. I'm grabbing a hold of it. It's mine, and I'm appropriating this miracle. I'm grabbing it into my now, this healing miracle. And I talked about Becca with our son, with Connor, and she said, our son has autism, and we want to see him healed. And there was a moment as if she just grabbed it. I mean, we knew it was there, and we believed it was ours, but it wasn't like we just grabbed it. And she grabbed it and said, it's ours. We want it. We are believing for that. That's appropriating it. Now, a lot of people don't understand how to appropriate. You don't know how to appropriate, and you think you do. And you come up for prayer, and I'm, I'm not condemning anybody, because again, this is very complex with healing. But you say, I, I, I believe I'm, I'm healed, and I, I want to pray for healing. And then somebody prays for you, and then you go, yeah, I knew it wouldn't work. Wow. Okay, you weren't appropriating the healing. Okay, you don't, you don't get healed and then appropriate the healing. Does that make sense? They're like, you know, they're like, zap me first and then I'll believe, okay? God's like, believe, appropriate, grab it, and I'll respond to this, okay? Um, let me give you a scripture for this. Luke 17, verses 11 through 14. Jesus is talking to 10 lepers. And it says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. I want, to, I want you to grab this. They're, Jesus, heal us. And he said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, they didn't have their leprosy fall off. But Jesus spoke the word over them. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Like, You're healed. They believed it. They grabbed it. They appropriated it. And their actions followed it. They started toward the priest. And on their way toward the priest, they were miraculously healed. They didn't stand there and go like, we're waiting. Zap us and then we'll go. Jesus said, you're healed, now go. And on the way, while they were going, their symptoms lifted because they believed Jesus and they believed his promise. And if his promise was good for them, his promises are good for you too. Okay? His pro the promises of God's word, if they're good for them, if they're good for you too. And again, it's so hard for people to grasp this. Um, so much fights against this. How many know that even people that believe that they're healed and know that their healing is in heaven and it's theirs and they're believing for it, how many sometimes we just are like, they're kind of crazy. They're believing for something and it's not here yet. Please lift that thought. Please fight against that thought. That is nothing but the enemy. Okay? We are going to live above our, above our symptoms. We're not going to deny our symptoms. Okay? But we have to appropriate what is there? And the, I, I came up with this illustration um, this week that God just gave me. Um, I bought a car the other day um, online, and a guy in our church, Tim Sherry, he's a, a car salesman. He helped me take care of this and do this. And uh, I bought a car. I sent the down payment, uh, you know, uh, called the guy. I said, here's the deal. It was a dealership. I sent the down payment. They sent me the paperwork. I paid for the car, okay? And then they said they were going to ship it to me. Now, track with me. Track with me. So this process is going on, and I started walking around going, I bought a car. People say, what'd you buy? I bought the car, and I'd show them a picture of the car. And they'd say, well, where is it? Well, it's coming. It's coming. It's in Chicago, and they're shipping it to me. Okay, okay. Now, I, I didn't walk around going, I'm going to buy a car. I had already bought the car. I'd already paid for the car. The car wasn't in my reality now, but it was coming to me. Matter of fact, they said seven to 10 days. If it was going to take more than 10 days, I was going to go to my car to get my car. All right? Now think about it. Some of us, our healing is moving this way, and some of us, we're moving this way towards our healing. You're like, I'm healed in Jesus' name. It's either coming to me or I'm going to it. Now, I, I didn't walk around saying, I'm going to buy a car. I'm, I'm hoping to buy a car. I had already bought a car. Trust me, the payments were getting ready to start. You know what I'm saying? Okay? The car was mine even though it wasn't there. And now, some people go, you, can, you could do that online? You could do it? You could do it. Some people had a hard time with it, but they're like, oh, okay. You bought a car. Car's coming. Okay. Now, think about it. When we hear people say, I'm healed in Jesus' name, like, well, are you, are you healed now? Right? Is it here? And you're like, it's not here, but I'm healed. I'm healed in Jesus' name. And they're living in, in line with their eternal reality. They've appropriated what's there. Now, here's the thing. Now, here's where it goes a little crazy for some people. If I'd have walked around and said, I bought a new car, where is it? And I'd have went, right here. <laughs> You'd have thought, Pastor Rob's crazy. He's driving a little toy car. <laughs> you know, like, what is that, right? You'd be like, what is that? Okay. Well, when people are like, you know, I'm healed. And then they're like, <laughs> and then they're like, that's not a cough. That's not a cough. <laughs> that's not, I don't have a cough. Well, yeah, you do have a cough. 
but you are healed in heaven. God's healed you, but there are some symptoms that are going on. Does that make sense? I know this is complex, but what is there? You start living in line with your eternal reality, and I don't want anybody to walk around and say, you know, I'm healed. This is no longer, this symptom isn't here. People say, well, what about that symptom? You're right. That's in my right now, but in eternity, I'm healed, and I'm living in light of that. I understand it. I'm thankful for it. I'm praising God for it, and I'm believing it's coming to me, or I'm going to get it, but I'm healed. All right? I hope that makes sense because that is a, is a complex thing for people to understand. It's yours, it's secured, it's coming to you, or you are going to get it. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. I'm talking fast. I so much to cover. It's like this could be a five-part series. Don't encourage me. All right, all right, all right. First uh, Peter two twenty four. He himself bore our sins and and his in his body on the cross, so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, have been, yep. have been. It's already paid for. It's done deal. I bought the car. Got the car. It's not here yet. I bought the car. It's my car. It's coming. It's my car. Car's here now, by the way. All right. The healing. It's coming to me, or I'm going to it. Yep. You see, it's mine. It belongs to me. Now, to live this way takes faith, and faith is the key to serving God, to living. Um, Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith plays a huge part in healing, and it adds to this. It's just, it's part of healing. Um, in the Bible, many times Jesus said, Your faith. Has, has brought this healing. Your faith, I'm responding to this. Other times it was other people's faith. The Bible says there was a lame man. His friends carried him to Jesus, broke a hole in the roof. And Jesus says, when he saw their faith, their yep, yep. faith. So it's like not just his, their, okay? Um, we talked about tenacious mama faith with Becca and uh, the Samaritan woman uh, in Mark 7 28, when she says, Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. She wanted her daughter set free. She wanted her daughter set free, and she's like, it's not the right time for this. And she's like, even the dogs get the crumbs. Come on. I know what's coming to me. I want in on this. I am believing that what's there is mine. And Jesus is like, all right, you get it. You get it. You've got faith. He responds that. Faith has something to do with our miracles, and our faith is low. Our faith is very low. Many of us, in, in a pushback to faith, uh, maybe what is perceived as faith extreme, we've pushed it away. Don't push away faith. You've got to have faith in God to please Him, to serve Him. Mark 6, verses 4 through 6. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own people, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Matthew 9, 29. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Mark 5, 34. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, faith, I believe, is more like a muscle than we realize. 
and you need to keep exercising it. And the best thing I could tell you is whatever God has asked you to step out in faith, do it. You're like, should I go on a global team? God's like, step out in faith. I don't have the money. I'll provide. Step out in faith and exercise the muscle. God says, okay, do this for kingdom builders. Like, I don't have the money. Step out in faith and exercise the muscle. God says, go over to that person and encourage them. But I don't know what to say. Follow the prompt right now. I'm asking you to step out in faith and go over to that person and encourage them. Matter of fact, I'll tell you just a, a, a small thing. Um, my mom was in worship the other day, and God said, get up from communion and go encourage that person. I'll give you what you're supposed to say. She's like, really, Lord? I mean, it's communion. I got to set down the elements. Seriously? And, and she puts down the elements, goes over, and puts her arm on this man's shoulder and said, uh, God loves you. The church loves you. Your son's going to be okay. And he was just praying, God, does anybody care? Does anybody even know about my son? Does this church even want to help me? And God told her to step out in faith. Now, come on. Whatever God's telling you to do, step out in faith exercise the muscle and as you start to exercise the muscle you will increase your faith That's right. you will increase your faith so we've got to learn to increase our faith and I, I want to make sure that we hit this topic um, and make sure that we hit this for a few minutes at least how do we increase our faith how do we increase our faith we're, we're like the man I do believe help me in my unbelief I have faith, but I need help. I need help with this. How do, I, how do I plug into the power that's available? How do I take faith and plug that in? How do I get this? I believe this, Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Some translations say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want to increase your faith? Get into the word of God. Many of you can't find time for two chapters a day with our soap reading, and you're wondering why your faith is weak, why when God whispers, you cower, and God's saying, increase your faith, increase your faith, increase your faith. As I was challenging the pastors to read the entire whole New Testament in this series, I'm reading it, it's jumping out and jumping out and jumping out and jumping out, and the Word of God is increasing my faith and should be increasing your faith. Do you think about this in, in the testimony video that we had with Jane's healing? She said, I looked into the Word of God and found every promise on the Word of God and healing, and I started to read them. And then she said something else which increases your faith. She said, I started to declare them out loud. What is that? That's confession. You confess with your mouth. How many know that your words are powerful? Your words are powerful, and you start saying things and speaking things out, and your words are powerful. And can I just say this? Whenever somebody comes to you and tells you they have a disease, sickness, problem, trial, struggle, or whatever, please have your words lift up the occasion and not bring it down. Here's a scenario. People come up, oh, man, I just found out I had cancer. Oh, yeah, my dad died of cancer. How many know? Woo! Why not say, man, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By your stripes you're healed. According to your faith, be it so. I mean, why not start saying that? First Peter 2, you were healed. How many know the prayer of faith will save the sick? Come on, let's call upon the elders. Let's believe God's word together. I, I love what one pastor said. He said, don't be a pallbearer. Be a stretcher carrier. Bring them to the great physician. Let your words, let your words confess the reality of this. And I would, I would just say this. Make your lips align with God's reality. Force your lips 
to align with God's reality, not the current situation. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'd rather be speaking that out. I'm healed in Jesus' name. My lips will praise you. I am healed in Jesus' name. That's why there's just such a a power in the song that we're singing. um, In Jesus' name, I am healed. And you're declaring your lips are aligning with your eternal reality. And there's, there's great good in this. Really, to confess. You know what? When you confess, you know what it means? It means I'm saying the same thing God says. It's not really that bad, is it? I'm confessing. I'm saying the same thing God says. God says you're healed. You're healed. I paid for it. You're healed. And you're saying, I'm healed. I'm confessing. I'm saying what God says. Again, think about this. You're saved. You're set free by Jesus Christ. You're saved. You're, You're eternally saved. But how many know you still live in the struggle of call today? But guess what? I am saved. My eternity is set, and I'm living in some current realities, but guess what? I'm saved, and I don't walk around saying, well, based on my current realities, I'm 50% saved. I don't walk around doing that. I'm saved. It's sealed there. He paid for it. I'm saved. Guess what? I'm healed. Based on some current symptoms that are going on, I have some side effects right now, but I'm healed, and I'm aligning. I'm confessing with what God has. My mind will believe, my lips will speak, and my heart will agree. That's important. That's important. F.F. Bosworth in the book, Christ the Healer, and if you're looking for a great resource, that's a great resource. He said, your heart fights for you. You might say, I believe, I believe it. I want it. I believe that. I'm appropriating it. You go up, you say, I'm appropriating my healing. And as soon as you go to pray for it, how many know your heart goes, it's not for you, it's for the person next to you. You're not getting healed today. How many know as soon as you hear a promise, you're like, that probably is not for you the way you live, this, that, and, and all of a sudden your own heart starts to fight against God's word, what your lips are confessing, what your mind is believing. Don't let that happen. Make it align. You increase your faith through acts of obedience. The lepers walked. They walked towards the priest. The, the Naaman dipped in the river seven times. The blind man went to rinse at the pool of Siloam. Jesus said, go and rinse off. And he had to go and do something. Your acts of obedience increase your faith. Sometimes God will say, do this. And you're like, I can't believe that he's going to ask me to do that. He'd say, raise your hands right now and you'll be healed. You're like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do it. I've never raised my hands in church. Raise your hands right now. You'll be healed. I can't do that. And how many know you're standing there? And he's like, just obey me. Show me a little obedience here. Take an act of obedience. Increase your faith by removing unforgiveness. I don't have time to read the text, but in Mark 11, 22 through 26, Jesus is talking about the miraculous. If you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be there removed. And then right after that, he's like, hey, you know, if you stand praying and you're holding something against somebody, be sure to forgive them. Right after he's talking about the miraculous, he says, now remember, take care of forgiveness and unforgiveness because that could hinder things. Does that make sense? This is how to increase your faith. Praising God increases your faith. Some of you wonder why we sing. It's not just because we know you come late and we're like, let's sing for a little while and cover you. <laughs> By the way, get here on time. You know what it is? Praise and worship increases your faith. Some of you are missing it. You're missing it. It increases your faith. We're praising God and worshiping God, and all of a sudden it lifts the environment. Psalm 22.3 says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. As you start to praise him, he's, he's present in a special way. He's inhabiting that. You're getting close. You're connecting. Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 25. 
It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And then all of a sudden, God sends an earthquake, and the miraculous happens. It says they were praying and singing praise to God. And all of a sudden, there's an element that happens when we start to praise God. When we come together in unity and start praising our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden, the environment changes, faith increases, and something happens. You know? The great theologian, Buddy the Elf, said the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I think we can modify that. Paul and Silas would say, to increase your healing, praise and lift the ceiling. To increase your healing, praise and lift the ceiling. I think that's something that we should do. We should realize that we should be praising God and lifting up his name. We can pray. James 5 talks about us to pray for one another and that we will be healed. Jesus went away often to pray. He went away often to pray. There's something about praying and seeking God. Prayer team members, you ought to be praying before you get to church for who God's sending you. You ought to. We ought to be in that type of love. Matter of fact, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you call River Valley Church your home, on your way to church, you should be praying for the church, for the services, for the worship, for the sermon, for the prayer time. You ought to be just engaging in this. You are not a spectator. You are a participant in this. We are doing this for God's glory and his honor, and you need to get involved in this. Now, as I close, um, I want to just close with the complexity of this. A um, couple things that I, I just, if we do another sermon up in the future on this, 1 Corinthians 12, 9 talks about gifts of healings, plural. And it almost has some theologians believing that there are some people that have a gift to pray for this and this, almost like a doctor specialist. Where you say, hey, what, is, this, is this mole bad? And the guy's like, I don't have a clue. I'm a podiatrist. I don't have a clue. I don't work with that, you know. See, and there's gifts of healing. And there could be gifts that are given according to 1 Corinthians to different people that they pray for specialty things. Um, I just want to help you to not feel like a failure um, if you don't have your healing manifest in your now. It's there. It can come here. I don't understand why it jumps the line and why it doesn't, but I don't want anyone feeling like a failure. I saw my dad healed of a miraculous uh, uh, back issue. He fell off a horse and broke his ribs a half inch from the, his backbone and he had been in great pain for years, miraculously healed in church. I mean, totally healed. And yet, we prayed for his healing for cancer, and it didn't happen. It doesn't change my belief in healing. I just don't understand the complexity of it, okay? So let me just give you a few clothing, closing thoughts. Uh, getting healed here alleviates pain, but it doesn't eliminate death someday. That's why eternal life is so much more important than healing. If you get healed, it alleviates pain. It may prolong your life, but ultimately the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then face judgment. We're all going to die and face judgment. And it's what you do with Jesus Christ here that really matters. Is he your Lord and Savior? Thank God he paid for your healing, and you don't have to spend eternity with that sickness or disease. But please, 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 settle your eternity here, because healing will just alleviate the suffering, but man... It's more than, it, there's so much more. There's eternity waiting. Stay faithful in your sickness and disease. God is glorified in your faithfulness. I talked to one man, he's a friend of mine, and he said his dad was sick, debilitating stroke, and 
He said his mom cared for him for years and years and years and years, and they were always faithful in church. And at his dad's funeral, everybody said how amazing their family witness was, that they were always in church. If they ever thought it's too snowy, too cold, too this, too that, they always knew they'd be there. And they all saw the covenant marriage till death do us part, for better or for worse. And even in their faithfulness, knowing their healing was there, they were faithful every day. You can glorify God moving toward your miracle. I want, you to, I want you to realize that you can keep asking for what Jesus paid for. It's not wrong to keep asking. Pastor Darren talked about that. Keep knocking, keep asking. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank God that he has all of eternity to bless you. Heaven will be very different for you. I believe heaven will taste better for those that suffered on this earth. I just do. I don't know how it'll happen, but I just think it'll taste better. Just like food when you're really hungry will taste better. I want to encourage you to lean in to healing. Lean in, lean in, lean in, lean in, lean in. Let's believe God for more. Let's believe God for the supernatural. Let's lean in and let's not let up on this one. This is not a series. This is a new way to live. This is a new way to live. We are leaning in. We are leaning in. And the last thing I would say this. Your disease may have deep teeth. It may have deep teeth. It may be in you so hard and it may hurt like crazy. But I believe that Jesus took deep nails to overcome deep teeth. I believe that. I believe Jesus took deep nails to overcome deep teeth. And no matter how much it hurts in this life, you are loved by God. He's holding your healing. You're moving towards it or he's moving it towards you. And those deep nails say, I paid the price. I paid the price. I paid the price. And I thank God for the price that he paid to overcome those deep teeth of disease. I, I hate disease. I hate the sickness. But I thank God for a Savior that said, I will take it for you. I will pay the price. I will pay the price. And that disease will lose its grip on you someday. It will lose, and Jesus will win. So with that, Lord, we say you win. You win. You won on the cross. You're holding our healing, and we thank you for it, God. Our disease has deep teeth in some of us. There's deep pain. There's deep hurt. There's anguishing mornings when people are getting up. But God, it's a moment. It's a moment. It's a moment. And eternity will be so different. And you took deep nails to overcome those deep teeth. And so, God, I just pray. I pray right now that you would help us to grab hold of healing, lean into healing, stay faithful until that day. And if we move to it or it moves to us, we will love you, we will believe it, we'll appropriate it, we'll confess it, and we will line up with our eternal reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.